0: Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman. Blackjack Fletcher is in the studio with me today, and we were in the studio together in Las Vegas last week, and we were in Las Vegas together for um, a couple days last week, and we have a banner, banner show. Um, First off, we've got a huge ad read today. See, see if you can figure out who it is from my double entendre. Huge. But uh, of all our advertisers, this is the one who has liked one of my tweets.
1: A gigantic pulsating ad
0: read. And uh, so that's exciting. So stick around for that. Uh, number one. Number two, later in the show, our new baseball contributor, Sean Zarillo is going to join us. Sean's first time on the podcast. Listen, guys, he's got a great story. I'm super excited. Blackjack, do you know his background?
1: Nope. Just met him today.
0: His dad was a cop for like 40 years.
1: That's nice. I don't really like cops,
0: but whatever. Blackjack just got off a red eye from Vegas after eight days. He's not feeling like he's in a mood. I'm feeling great. I'm two drinks in. I'm doing good. Sean seems like a nice guy. Sean's a great guy. Super smart about baseball. We're going to talk about uh, uh, season win totals, and he's going to light it up for us. Light it up. up, Don't do that. Don't do that. Can we
1: fucking start this thing already?
0: First up on the show, we are going to start with some March Madness recap. We are going to launch into the Sweet Sixteen before we get to Mike Randall, Action Network writer extraordinaire, um, who helped me go nine and two Friday, Saturday, Sunday, six and zero Saturday, Sunday. Here's a story for you.
1: Mm. Can't wait. On
0: Saturday night, I went to the uh, to the games in Hartford and. Sat down it was me, and my wife, and two of our friends. We sat down, and I started rooting for the Seminoles. And the kids in front of me—they were like twelve years old. I don't know who they are. They're like—they were rooting for John ja Morant. And they're like, "Why are you rooting for the Seminoles?" I'm like, "Because I'm going to make a lot of freaking money if the Seminoles win this oh, game." Twenty-five dollars. And I am buying all of you cotton candy. Oh. And they all became God. Seminole fans.
1: You're the fucking worst. You're the worst. Speaking of the worst, <laughs> um, awful. Blackjack. Cotton? I'm gonna buy you some cotton candy. Yeah, you don't sound like a pedophile. Blackjack.
0: Uh, we had a couple bets against each other. Some reason my Venmo account has not dinged with the payoffs, and it's I can't been like send you five you days.
1: It, I need to pay you another way. I can't send Venmos because you're not allowed anymore. I got a new phone and it locked me out. I don't know how to get back into it.
0: So give me the fucking cash. But yeah, whatever fine, the, I'll pay you whatever cash. it is, so give it to me.
1: Well, I don't have it on me, Chad. Why? I think because I don't walk around with cash. It's 2019.
0: How long does it take you to pay a bet? I've you... got... Hold on.
1: $16 on me well, in cash. Well, there you go. That's no, a no. down payment. I
0: want you... All right, fine. I'll take it. You still owe me money. Uh, you also owe Stucky $2,000.
1: Yeah, that one... Uh, we, we talked about that one. I'm actually visiting Stucky on Sunday, going down to Kentucky, so... Paying him then. All right, good. Uh, Stucky and
0: Blackjack made a $2,000 bet on UC Irvine and Kansas State on Wednesday night at our massive Action Network party. We do have to spend a few minutes talking about that. That was an amazing event, and we appreciate everybody who came out. We didn't know what was going to happen with that. It was a little bit like the podcast we did. We didn't know how many people were going to come out. We didn't know what the attendance was going to be, and we had a freaking line for that thing the entire night. Max capacity was 500. And we had five. Hey, Randall, can you put yourself on mute or something
1: until I'm done with
0: my soliloquy?
1: <laughs> no yeah, no Mike, problem. this show isn't about you. It's about Chad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, we had like 500 people in the place the whole night. There was a line before it, was. it opened and the line
1: lasted the entire night. It did. It did. It was a, it was a great time. Uh, good times were had by all. I put all of my drinks on your tab. Um, is that why my tab was so big? Well, Jeff Schwartz also put all this food on it, so
0: it was um, massive.
1: I'm like, what Jeff, is going on here? To, to be fair, Patrick told us to, so we were listening Patrick to Patrick Keene, our CEO. Um,
0: At the and, end of the day, he
1: pays for it. Yeah, so uh, that happened. Um, yeah, me and Stucky had a, a bet, a money line. I had K State, he had Irvine. The funny thing is, we were sitting there watching the game together, and I could only watch it with Stucky for about five minutes. And he he turned to me. He's like, you know, this was a terrible bet that I made. He's like, this is an awful bet, and the game was probably the worst game to watch of the tournament. Like, it was dreadful. Kansas State just could not get into the lane to do anything. They just chucked bad three after bad three. Irvine went through stretches where they couldn't make anything. It was a terrible game to watch, let alone have two thousand dollars on. Awful, awful. But the party was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, the party was a good time. Great to
0: see our fans. Great to see like the people who love the Action Network. Great to be a part of the, the company overall. It was a huge, huge night for us. We were really pleased um, with everything that happened.
1: <laughs> Shout out to our guys from Oklahoma. Boys we, from Oklahoma. We had a group of guys come in from Oklahoma that were ready to roll. They all were night. hardcore.
0: They were amazing. They were just amazing. Uh, I disagree with you. The worst game of the tournament. This, uh, the other night... Um, who the hell played last night? Houston uh, beat somebody by nine. I had Ohio a, State. I had Ohio State. Uh, that was rough. Virginia Tech, that was a rough game. Who did they beat? They beat somebody too. You mean in the first round? Second round.
1: Oh, they beat Liberty.
0: There was no flow in
1: that game. I mean, these were games where I like had
0: to sweat a little bit, so I was you know antsy until the end. Yeah, the only
1: thing I sweat was Virginia against Oklahoma because I. I put a bunch on Virginia to get back some of the money I owe Stucky. And Virginia, listen, I've got Virginia winning the whole thing, so do you, but I've never seen a team that just screws around more at times than Virginia does. Like, when they're locked in, they're really, really good defensively. They can move the ball offensively, but they go through stretches where they just fuck around, and, like, they lose interest, it seems like, and they allow these runs to happen, and it is maddening. I agree. Thank you. Let's also give a shout out to Stucky's Squire. As everybody oh knows, my God.
0: Stucky of the Action Network is one of our favorite guys. We uh, had a had a uh, suite at the Westgate. Thank you to Jay Cornegay and the Westgate for the suite at the Westgate. And so we were there all four days. Uh, uh, Connor Nolte, Jack Settleman, Evan Abrams, Blackjack was there, Paul LaDuca, Stucky. Great crew, right? Uh,
1: Jeff was there.
0: Je- Jeff Schwartz was there as well. And um, amazing crew. But I showed up there early Thursday morning, and Stucky was there by himself with one other guy. Yeah, he had adopted the and, and he's like, he's like, meet Alex. He's going to be our squire. Yeah. I'm like, what does this mean? He's like, he's going to be sort of my assistant for well, the weekend. Yeah,
1: the best way to describe what he was is at one point, um, Stucky wanted some in-and-out. There obviously is not an in-and-out in the Westgate. So he sent this kid in an Uber, and he brought back a... Giant box of like twenty burgers and twenty fries from In and Out, just because Stucky sent him. I mean it. I mean credit to Stucky, I guess, well, for giving the kid a season box. But for um, that,
0: for that credit to Patrick Keane, who told him to go buy In and Out and pay. Yeah, for it he
1: off. was he was hungry. Patty was hungry. Patty had a good time in Vegas. Mike Randall,
0: Mac, he did have a great time. It was listen. It was a great trip for all of us. Mike Randall, are you there? Are you off
1: of mute yet? What is your deal?
2: I, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to do as I'm, I'm told here. You guys are, Mike, are eight days into Vegas. I'm just listening no, to the stories.
1: Mike, that's how life with, with Chad is. You're just waiting for him to stop talking.
2: <laughs> it's not very nice.
0: It's the favorite podcast from the Action Network, full of love and laughter in the year of kindness.
1: Yeah, you're so kind.
0: Mike Randall, Sweet 16, Handicap it for me right now. Give me your power ratings as we speak.
2: (laughs) Fucking vague question. Give me your power ratings. Run through 16? With with the power ratings, I happen to have put them out. The best team left, gentlemen, is North Carolina. They are the ones without any sort of weakness that are peaking at the right time. And they have matchups here in the Midwest region that are tailor-made for them. Auburn is going to want to run up and down the floor. They're going to be like a bunch of crazed dogs there, foaming at the mouth. Great, we'll run with you. And then the winner of that game is going to get Houston or Kentucky. Kentucky maybe without P.J. Washington. Who knows when he's coming back? And Houston's who's going to to want to be physical with them as well. So number one for me is North Carolina. Number two, you can call them boring, down screen, back screen, UVA. But I think as this goes on, this tournament gets on, they're going to get stronger and stronger. And I saw that John Ewing our own John Ewing here put a very interesting tweet out about them going into the next round. They, he talked about the fact that UVA is favored by 8.5 in the next round over Oregon. They are 26-0 and 0 straight up and 16-8 and 8 against the spread when playing a team outside the Ken Palm top 15. Oregon, of course, is 28. So they're number two in my power ratings. I think that they have a good path. The Tony Bennett redemption tour is a thing, gentlemen, and I think that's going to continue. Very reluctantly, I'll put Duke number three. I mean, they don't shoot the three well, they don't shoot free throws, and they absolutely should have lost the UCF. What a frustrating game that was, that alley-oop should have never been thrown. But now you're looking at a path here for Duke where they're going to play Virginia Tech, who they're familiar with, and then potentially Michigan State or LSU. So I have them three. And finishing off the top four? I'm going to put Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech had the most impressive win of the weekend over a really good Buffalo team who could have made the Final Four if they didn't play Texas Tech. Chris Beard has that team playing lockdown defense, and their offense and three-point shooting is explosive. So I have them number four. I like that. I like it a lot.
0: UNC is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Auburn. Uh, You like them number one overall. Do you like them as a a five-and-a-half-point favorite?
2: No, I do. I think the Auburn train here, remember, Auburn was a team for most of the year that struggled on the road, that didn't do well on the road. And listen, they've been hot lately and been on fire. But remember, this was a team in the second half there against Kansas. They can go streaks where they shut down and they don't score. North Carolina doesn't have that problem. Kobe White is playing at a ridiculous level as a point guard right now. Cam Johnson can shoot from anywhere. And Luke May is back in a role that suits him. Luke May is not a go-to number one scorer. He hit that jump shot against Kentucky a couple years ago, and everyone thought that he was a different type of player. He's not. But as a number three option, he's probably the best number three option in the country. I think this is a bad matchup for Auburn. They're going to pound the boards inside against Auburn, which is a weakness of theirs, and the the guards are going to be able to match up a little bit. So I like giving those points against Auburn. I think the public is going to be on Auburn because they're hot. They're going to say, oh, Bruce Pearl – The guards are playing great. They won the SEC tournament. Why not? I'm going the other way. I'll get the points.
0: All right. According to the Action Network, it's still early, but according to the Action Network, 60% of the bets are on North Carolina
2: right now. That's smart. That means the public's smart in this one.
0: Hey, uh, Blackjack, do you have anything you want to add at this point? Are you taking a nap? What are you doing? (laughs) I'm just waiting for you
1: to stop talking. Um, Yeah, listen. I Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. uh, uh, Hey, Chad, shut the fuck up. Um, I think it's kind of interesting how Mike, you touched on the fact that the public loves Bruce Pearl. And you've seen that now like since when he was at Tennessee and now at Auburn again. It really is true. They, they love to bet on Bruce Pearl teams. Why do you think that is?
2: I think the public gets caught up in things that don't matter. I think they get caught up in he's an outgoing guy. Remember, he painted his chest for yeah. the Tennessee girls game when he was there. I mean, he, he's a pro, he invigorates a program. So I think he's out there. He's boisterous. He plays an exciting brand of basketball. They're going to get up. They're, they're, they're number one in steals. That's what it is. But if you break it down and really look at the matchups here, are you going to take Pearl over Roy Williams? Are you going to take uh, you know an Auburn team that likes to run over a North Carolina team that has been running under Roy Williams for three titles? And I think it's that level that mm-hmm. I think some people you know, usually forget.
0: I love that logic. I, uh, I have Houston at 70-1 to 1 to win the title. So they're two-and-a-half-point dogs at Kentucky this weekend. I bet Kentucky. I hedged a little bit, and I bet Kentucky at two-and-a-half.
1: Blackjack, why are you making that face? There's nothing wrong with what I did. Of course you hedged, because you have no spine. (laughs) Listen, Houston wasn't winning the title at 70-1. to It's a stupid bet to make. Kentucky's absolutely winning this game. They're covering the two-and-a-half. I've got Kentucky in the final four. Mike, what do you think about that?
2: If P.J. Washington was there, I would have them winning this game. If P.J. Washington does not play, he's a lottery pick. He's their go-to guy. He was the guy who was dominating and getting the buckets when they needed them against Tennessee in that game earlier in the year. Could not be stopped. If mm-hmm. he's not on the court, I'm absolutely going with Houston. Mike, I have sources that say he's playing. Well, that would be a good thing for Kentucky because I think we all want to see UNC. Who are your I sources? Mean, that's, that's I
1: can't divulge that. You're a reporter. You know that. No, you were. You know you can't divulge sources. You got nothing but an empty two-ounce bottle of vodka you're pouring into a pool spring have right now. boots on the ground in Lexington. P.J. Washington's playing.
0: Did you call Stucky? Stucky lives in Lexington. No, That's the only no. guy
1: you know in Lexington. You're wrong if you think that, sweetheart. I know lots of people in the Bluegrass State.
0: The other game that I have bet is, uh, I bet, to go to your point about Duke, Mike, also on Friday... I bet Virginia Tech on the money line.
1: Love
2: it, wow. loves it. That, I love it. Justin Robinson's health was the key. I flipped a coin there between Michigan State and Virginia Tech when we were on your pod last week, Chad. I think we talked about picking the teams, and we actually put Virginia Tech versus Virginia in the finals. I yes, think we if did. I remember that correctly, I
0: and I did that in my brackets,
2: and that was based on Justin Robinson's health. He looks completely healthy. This is not the team that Duke wants to play. They've beaten them already. I know no Zion. I understand that. But no Justin Robinson either in that game. They're not going to be intimidated. They know them. This is a familiar game. You're going to have a similar situation. If UCF can be on the verge of beating them while their players are yelling at the Duke players, and you saw it on social media, shoot the three, shoot the ball, we don't think you can, you can make it, then Virginia Tech's not going to be intimidated. That line, I think, is seven and a half. Yeah, I I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I'm gonna grab the seven and a half. And I'm certainly like the money line.
1: But Mike, I, I have to ask this because you just said a minute ago when Chad asked you his very broad question about your power rankings, you had Duke, I believe, number three in there and said that this was a familiar game for Duke as part of the reason why you had them ranked so high. So then why is betting Virginia Tech on the money line a good bet?
2: Well, the reason is this, because when I did the power rankings, I looked at likelihood to win the title. I don't think Virginia Tech can put the games together to win a title. I think Duke can. Now, I don't think Duke's going to get by this game, but the winner of this game to me is absolutely winning the next game. So I think this is an odd one, but if you think about it, it makes sense. Duke has a better chance to win the title than Virginia Tech, but they've got to get by this game. It was similar to my Buffalo-Texas tech thought the other day. Whoever wins that game, I thought was making the final four, and I thought this was the toughest game for Buffalo. So if you're asking me for a future, I'm not betting Virginia Tech to win the title, but I think Duke is even though the odds aren't good, is a better bet to win the title, but this is the tough game they have to get through.
0: I love his logic. By the way, I am all in on Virginia Tech only because of Stuckey and Randall. That's it. Okay. And like I Justin Robinson to me is the going to be the M O P. You're out of your fucking mind. Most outstanding <laughs> no, player. He's not. No. Just it's the Justin Robinson NCAA tournament, my friend. Okay. Listen, we've already talked about uh two we've already talked about three of the games on Friday. So we might as well talk about the last one, Michigan State and L S U.
1: Like, this is a banner bracket, huh? Yeah. This one, Mike, I- I'm curious about to get your thoughts on this because this game for me is a tough one. LSU is one of those teams that, I mean, they were so hot during the regular season. Michigan State comes on in the Big Ten tournament, then doesn't look great to start this thing. Um, how do you see that playing out?
2: I cannot take Tony Bedford against Tom Izzo. I just can't. And Michigan State. If they were totally healthy guys, wouldn't we be talking about them winning the national title if Josh Langford was there? Nick Ward has returned. He has not looked himself, but Cassius Winston is playing at an MOP-like level. I think that with not having your head coach is going to matter. LSU, we talked about this on the the college pod, LSU was like 5-1 in overtime games in the SEC, so there's two ways you can look at that. You can say that they're gritty and they have a way, they find a way to win these mm-hmm. close games, or you can say they're just experiencing a lot of positive luck and they're right. due for some negative regression. Without Will Wade on that sideline, that's going to make a difference. Maryland was, came all the way back in that game. LSU dominated it. I understand they have Tremont Waters, and when you have a point guard and a guy like Naz Reed, big man, you're going to overcome a lot, but you're not overcoming Tom Izzo. And I think the coaching advantage and the game plan in-game strategy favors Izzo, plus Michigan State's going to pound the boards, which is where you can really get after LSU.
0: Do we have to have an opinion on Tom Izzo and what happened in the tournament with him getting angry?
2: Oh, guys, that's ridiculous. So I, I, I can't, I can't so take strange. that. Okay. I, I can't take it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can we please? I mean, I heard people on, on social media say we wouldn't accept this sort of red face yelling in, in any other uh, occupation. That's correct, guys. Because if you're an accountant and you're trying to do a <laughs> deduction, you don't have 30,000 people yelling at you to not make that deduction. There's a little bit of passion. Also, there's a little bit of normal. Also, Mike,
1: Chad and I have been that red-faced yelling at each other on multiple occasions. So
2: right. Like, are we at I the
1: point really where we can't ever
2: get passionate?
1: Come Three on. times today in the elevator. Um, one more game, Mike, before we let you go. I want to get your take no, on No, no, no. Listen. I'm, I'm not done. I'm
2: not I'm done. done. I'm not done. I don't we're care.
1: We're not done. I am not done do not we are not done i do not we are not done with this Shut podcast. Shut up. Mike, Florida State-Gonzaga. Gonzaga's a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Obviously, State, we've seen Final this four. game before. Florida State in my Final Four. Shut the fuck up for a minute and let the guest answer the question. Maybe you should ask the question. I'm in the middle of it. Florida State-Gonzaga, seven-and-a-half. Mike, what do, you, what do you think about this? We've seen it before. You know, do, you, do the Seminoles have a chance to win this game outright?
2: It comes down to your thoughts on Killian Tilly. That's what it comes down to. Phil Koffer's not going to be there with the passing of his father. But if you look at the game last year, that was when Killian Tilly was announced. It was a four-versus-nine game that he wasn't eligible because he got injured, so he couldn't play in that game. In that game, Florida State battled Gonzaga and went right back and forth. The defense was at a premium, and everything was very close across the board except for one area, and that was with the rebounds. Florida State was able to get a lot of offensive rebounds, put stuff back in the basket. It's Killian Tilly. I think this is a bad matchup for Gonzaga. I'm grabbing those points. Mm -hmm. Could Gonzaga get the win? Sure, but so could Florida State. And you're going to give me that many points. If you think Killian Tilly's presence inside is going to make that big a difference, then you go with Gonzaga. But I'm going the other way. I'll gladly take those points. They can absolutely win this game. All
0: right. Now, before we let you go, Mike... Since there are three other games on the board, uh, why don't you quickly run through uh, who will win? And I guess in the case of uh, UVA, who will cover? Because in the other two games, the Purdue-Tennessee, Tennessee minus one, Texas Tech, Michigan, Michigan minus one and a half, UVA, Oregon, UVA minus seven and a half. Give me your win and cover for each game.
2: Purdue's going to beat Tennessee. Tennessee has had issues in each and every game. They almost blew that game to Iowa. How is it possible that you don't score that many points in the second half on Iowa? How is that even possible? They don't play any defense. I'll take Purdue with the way Carson Edwards is playing to win outright, and then the spread right now is one and a half. That's an easy one. Michigan-Texas Tech is a phenomenal game. Michigan, something has been off with their offense all year. Their three-point shooting has been very inconsistent. Teske inside does a nice job when he's not really pressed by athletic bigs, which he's going to be in this game. Texas Tech defense is at such a high. I'm going to take them, and I'll take the one and a half as well for that game. And then UVA-Oregon, I buy the Tony Bennett redemption tour. I think they're a very tough matchup. Oregon is still a 12-seat, guys. That's what they are. They have been hot they're going to be very dis- against a very disciplined Virginia team, shoots the three well, he has free throws, and makes you play their tempo. So I'll take UVA, and I will give those points as well against Oregon. I think Oregon had a nice run, but I think it ends here with some negative regression.
0: Wow. Going with the big number. All right. Just for the record, if you look at the Action Network, download the Action Network app, the money is with you on Florida State, the money is against you on Tennessee, the money is with you on Tech, and the money is against you on Oregon.
2: That's fine. People don't like Virginia basketball. They want to see a fast break now and then, but I think Tony Bennett is due to make up for last year's loss.
0: All right, Mike Randall, you have been hot as a firecracker during the NCAA tournament, and your coverage has been equally as scintillating. Thanks for all you're doing for the Action Network. People should continue to read you at actionnetwork.com. All right, Mike. See you later. Thanks, buddy. See,
2: See you, guys. Thanks.
0: Coming up next, Sean Zarillo, baseball writer for the Action Network. But first, it's time to reveal our very special advertiser.
1: All right, shut up, Chad. I can't let you ruin this. This is the most important ad read on this show, so I'm going to take it over. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. But there are some things you can't rub dirt on. And that is erectile dysfunction, and Chad, you know all about that. Studies show 70% of men, including Chad Millman, who experience erectile dysfunction, don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman has created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed US physicians can diagnose your ED and ship medication right to the front door of your Greenwich mansion. With Roman there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, and no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit getroman.com/favorites. Complete a dynamic online visit, chat with a doctor, and get genuine medication delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging your wife will never know, just like Chad's doesn't. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle. But with Roman, it's really simple. So take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com favorites. That's GetRoman.com favorites for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash favorites. Get Roman. Get hard. All right, we're back. It's time to talk some hardball. <laughs> Chad trying to trying to use puns.
0: Transitions. It's Transitions. Interesting. Sean Zarillo, our new baseball writer at the Action Network. Sean's got a great story. Sean sent me an email and it was so well written and so passionate. I respond to every email I get, as you know, Blackjack. Like I took your call, but uh, this was impossible to ignore. Next thing you know, Sean is writing about baseball for us.
1: Was there a question in there? You're looking at me. I to want say you. Something. I want you to respond. And be like, "That's great. I love people who follow their passion." Um, that's great. I love people that follow their passion. Sean, uh, <laughs> you seem like a lovely person. Um, got anything else, Chad? You want to tell us what was in the email, maybe? I don't be a dick to Sean. I'm not. I'm being a dick to you. No, you were kind of being a dick to Sean. No, I like Sean.
0: Sean, Sean seems like a nice guy. Do you feel like he's you're a dick. a dick to you?
3: I, I sense an element of sarcasm, but, yeah. uh, really? I, Cause you know, he's laying it on pretty thick. Considering he, he spent so much time in Vegas. I don't really know how much. Listen, Sean, there has to be a body, natural so. tension
1: between us. Chad over here hired you to be a baseball writer. Obviously I'm best friends with Paul Laduca, So I think I'm obligated to tell you to go fuck your mother.
3: Yeah, that, that's fair. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you know we what? could just spend the Love rest of you, the podcast Polly. doing some, some relationship counseling with the three of us if that would be more beneficial. Do you know what
0: Sean's going to do? Sean's actually going to contribute to the growth of the Action Network, unlike you. You, you better watch what you say here. Sean Zerillo. Hi, Chad. We got so much to discuss. We got MLB win totals. We got most home run odds. We got Cy Young odds. We got MVP odds. <sighs> I want to start with win totals.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, where I focus the majority of my time, so definitely uh, think we can find some edges in that market.
0: Chicago White Sox right now under 74.5. That's what you like. Is that because they didn't get Manny Machado?
3: Yeah, I think the uh, White Sox line was inflated a little bit because they were expecting... You know, improvement from that team, moves in the free agent market, moves in the trade market, and ultimately everything fell through. They acquired a bunch of players who might not be on the roster by the end of the season, and going forward, you know, I I don't think without Michael Kopech uh, on that roster, they really have much to play for in terms of taking a step up this year. They they did sign Eli Jimenez to a contract mm-hmm. extension, which will get him up into the major leagues quicker. But realistically, you know, I, I still think the White Sox are a year away from even being a 500 club.
1: So you're not a big John Jay fan.
3: I actually am a big John Jay fan. I, w- I went to the University of Miami. Uh, John Jay, and, you know, a fantastic alum from there. Uh, I was a freshman with Yasmani Grondahl, great Milwaukee brewer now. Yonder Alonso was on the team as well. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for any canes in, in Major League Baseball, but uh, they didn't want to – or I guess they couldn't get Manny Machado to come play with them. That's why they signed all those guys because they were uh, the Miami crew. That's who he trains with.
0: What was the biggest line move you saw for MLB win totals that was completely irrational?
3: I think San Diego, uh, you know, once they got Machado, their total probably jumped by three or three and a half wins. Yeah. Um, so I think anytime there's an individual player move, uh, there might be a market overcorrection. You know, Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies, they had already pre adjusted to the Phillies likely acquiring a star player. So the line actually didn't move after Harper signed with the Phillies. But, you know, the amount of action that San Diego took on their over once Machado signed there was surprising to me. I actually took a 200-to-1 World Series ticket on San Diego in, in December, oh, come on. Um, put five bucks on that, you know, well, uh cooked myself lunch at home one day and, and saved that five bucks. But, uh, yeah, the fact that their odds are now at 55-to-1, I believe, or 60-to-1 is, is outrageous. There's no value in that to me. Um you know, so I, I think people just overreact to one-star player changing teams and, and uh, you know, they continue to pay into value that isn't there. Let
1: me ask you about a win total that kind of has confused me the entire offseason since these came out. It's Colorado Rockies. Shocker. You're confused by something. Shut the fuck up. How many times have it's I had to getting, say that? It's getting so old. Shut God damn it. Well, you just up. keep saying dumb Shut shit. Shut the fuck up. Quiet, Billy. You're so mad. Um, the Rockies. Yeah. The Rockies. Somebody has to win games in that division other than the Dodgers, right? You're talking about a team that was a playoff team, they re-signed Arenado, which I think most people didn't expect. Kyle Freeland showed he can pitch in Coors Field. I mean, how are they not over that total?
3: Yeah, the Rockies are a really interesting team to me. I think teams like the Rockies and the Brewers and the, the Rays, because they're playing in different environments or kind of playing the game a little bit differently, the projections might underproject what they're capable of doing. Uh, the, the Rockies played the Dodgers to a draw last year. They ended up going right. to game 163. And, you know, Freeland and Herman Marquez were, were the real impetus of that. Uh, they were both incredible down the stretch, putting up Cy Young numbers in the second half. You know, ERAs under 2-6. So I certainly think the Rockies have a, a chance to step back up. Uh, my projections had them going under their win total last year. I stayed away from it. Had it going under again this year. I stayed away from it. I certainly think that they're a team that, you know, gets underprojected based on their ballpark and the way that they're built to play in it. They have a good bullpen. You know, Arenado's there for the long term now. So, I, I definitely like the Rockies, and I think at about 4-1, to one, uh, second choice in that division, they might be a little interesting.
0: What are you thinking about when you put together your projections? What are the elements? Without giving it all away.
3: Sure. So, I think defense is definitely underrated. You know, when, when team projections are being done, batters get projected, pitchers get projected, but defense is a really tough element to project. So taking that into consideration, I actually wrote an article uh, going through last year, the defensive metrics of teams. For the and, Action Network? Yes, for the Action Network. It's on, it's on the site the app. Site is free, the app. by the way. It's the, all free. It's free to download. You can get it on the App Store. And, uh, you know, it's 73% of the teams who went over their win totals last year showed positive de- defensive metrics, either by defensive run saved or fan drafts, adjusted defense. And 63% of the teams that went under showed negative defensive metrics either on one of the two. So there's definitely something to be said for looking at defense and public perception for where people are playing uh, them.
1: Now, Sean, let me ask you a question that that Chad would never ask because he doesn't think outside the box like I do. Which is the sexiest team in baseball this season? Define sexy.
3: Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by sexy exactly? What sexiest team, odds. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, like last year, I think the Brewers were a pretty sexy team. Uh, the Rockies were certainly a sexy team last year. Which team, maybe a little bit off the board, going to make a run, going to give you some value on those odds? Give me a sexy team.
3: I uh, won't. Well, second. I think you know if we're just going to sh- define straight up sexy. I think the, yeah. the Phillies definitely uh, increased their sex Full appeal sex. this offseason. Just you know, sex everywhere just on that team. Ripping with sex. There's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, sex lot of action, a lot of sex everywhere in that lineup. Basically,
0: <laughs> that locker room is oozing sex.
3: Uh, but my you know they're my darn team any Roman in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my,
0: they're gonna need a lot of Roman in Philadelphia. No, they're not because they're so full of sex.
3: And that rotation's a little bit on the older side though, so the rotation might need a little bit of Roman. They're but gonna need the, the Roman line up the lineup's young and ready to go and okay. feisty. So Yeah, yeah, they're fired up. Yeah. All right, I like that.
0: Let's just be clear, I think everybody should use Roman.
1: We know With you the think advice that. of a doctor. Yeah, we know you think that. He's taken three of them today. That's an interesting
0: Hasn't
3: question. Hasn't
1: been around a woman. Are the Cubs a sexy team?
3: What? You know, I think people think that the Cubs are a sexy team. Oh. I'm particularly low on the Cubs. They have one of the older rotations in baseball. Their average age in that rotation is 32 and a half. It'll be 33 by the end of the season. They have a lot of players who are coming off of Down offensive years, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Chris Bryant hit 13 home runs last year. He was banged up most of the season. And and frankly, I don't see any reason why he's all of a sudden healthy. Uh, I'm not expecting a a big bounce back from Chris Bryant.
1: Are the Cubs a sexy team? The Cubs are like, like shoving a crusty potato into a wrinkled tube sock. No, they're not sexy.
3: I don't know if that's the analogy I necessarily would have gone with, that's, but now that's you've got that image in your head. One. It's you know, it's I'm, there now. Anytime I watch a Cubs game this year, I'm just going to be thinking yeah. rusty tube sock. I like yep.
0: how professional Sean is being. He is. He, he's like, you cannot crack this guy. Let's think, let's find a way.
3: <laughs> that oh, it's, we can you, you can't phase <laughs> me. Trust me, it's not going to happen. I mean, right listen,
1: listen. <laughs> listen we could find a way.
0: <laughs> which which players bat is most in need of Roman? this season
3: ooh that's a really interesting question is it Chris Bryant (sighs) no we gotta go with somebody who can't hit it all huh somebody somebody who can't get that bat up Um, (laughs) let's go with Ahmed Rosario on the Mets you know if if Ahmed Ahmed gets some uh, some juice in him maybe uh, the Mets could be a real player in the NL East good luck going back to the office
1: because our producer Alex is gonna just Mm -hmm. never leave you alone after saying that (laughs) The man is featured in more Mets highlight videos than anyone I've ever seen. Other than Paul LaDuca. he's he's everywhere.
0: Paul LaDuca spent like two years with the Mets, and you'd think that he is the greatest
1: Met who ever lived. Mets fans love Paul. Lituca. They love Paul LaDuca. Paul was the perfect player for New York. I
0: think, he really
3: was. I think he had shaved his goatee by the time he got to the Mets. He so had like that the chin strap. could have been part of it. He, had he like did. Chin strap. Okay. I have an old card of his on the uh, Marlins where it's it's straight up chin strap from ear to ear. Yeah, so it's, it's really something special. I'm gonna um, have to bring that in. You how mentioned would you, the Mets. How Hold would on. you evaluate Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
1: Paul Laduca as a player? Oh God, oh, don't
3: do this. So do,
1: this is a trap, Sean.
3: I know it's a trap. Paulie's not gonna like that. His uh, his advanced Sean, metrics show that he was a uh, below average hitter Sean, for his career. But you know uh, what? It's a, it's a different era, and uh, I I don't think that's I'm going to walk out. Necessarily now. the case. i uh, You know, there's a reason a guy like him became a 1st time All-Star. You know, so something really interesting about Paulie that most people don't realize, he didn't make an All-Star team, I believe, till he was 29, which was his first full year of the big leagues. Yeah. You know, most guys are hitting the big leagues at about 24, 23. So to be able to stick it out that long and then... Well, he didn't come he up as up. a catcher. That's Oh, is that true? Yeah.
1: Mike Sosha turned him into a catcher when Socha was with the Dodgers organization. That's
3: very interesting. Russell Martin's pretty similar. Russell Martin was a third baseman uh, coming mm-hmm. out of high school or college, yeah. and... There was an area scout. There were, you know, a lot of area scouts are asked name one guy who you think could convert to another position. And Russell Martin was
1: blows my mind. Russell Martin is still playing, by the way. Yeah, he's on the Dodgers this year. Yes, the Dodgers traded for him. Yeah, he's Dodger again. He must be forty years old. Nah, he's like thirty seven. I think I looked it up. He's, he's. I mean, I can't believe he's still in the league. What were you going to ask? I was going to ask about the Mets. Uh, I think the Mets are one of the most polarizing teams when you talk to people because that rotation if it's healthy, which is what we've been saying for the last four years, is, the I think, the best in baseball. Sure. They add Robinson Cano. They shore up the back end of the bullpen. You know, Conforto looked like he was taking a step forward last year before he gets injured. Brandon Nimmo, I think, might be the best damn hitter on that team. Um, what do you see for the Mets in a very competitive NL East?
3: Yeah, it's, it's a tough question because I am a Mets fan. Uh, I think most people look at through teams through – Road color glasses, but I uh, I definitely look at the Mets through apocalyptic goggles. Uh, You know, I'm I'm expecting the worst at all times. Um, You know, Zach Wheeler was absolutely incredible in the second Mm -hmm. half. He started throwing a splitter that uh, I think he carried a 1.63 ERA in the second half. Struck out four times as many batters as he was walking, so he finally looked healthy. They just signed Jacob DeGrom to a five-year extension today. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, Noah Syndergaard was complaining about that yesterday, and the next day, you know, DeGrom (laughs) gets locked up. So really interesting, the timing on that.
1: DeGrom's got to get him a nice gift. Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's not coincidence. Um so you know, Syndergaard, uh, Mats, and Vargas, if they can stay healthy. My, my concern with the Mets is the depth on the roster. You know, there's. Yeah. You were asking me about a sexy team before. I was going to say the Rays. Uh, the reason I really like the Rays is they have so much depth beyond <sighs> their 25-man roster. That's not a sexy. Where team. they can just plug and play different guys at different spots. But well, th- I think the odds on them are sexy. But the the you Mets play in are the trop, you're not sexy. a little bit different because once the Mets lose a guy, uh, they're replacing him with a straight up AAA quality player. Mm-hmm. And and is the mm-hmm. moment you have a few injuries and the Mets have had you know, a bad history with their medical staff diagnosing things. Uh, <laughs> Ike not Davis not a Ray is, uh, Ramirez guy? Ike Davis, you know, I, I don't know what happened to Ike Davis, but I'm, I'm worried he might not be alive somewhere. And was, <laughs> he might need to check in and just— I don't know if he's We alive. need to make sure he's okay. I don't know if he ever recovered from Valley Fever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Mets are certainly as talented as any club in the NL East, but it's just a matter of staying healthy, and they'll stay in it. I think the Nationals, though, the Nationals— it, Third choice, maybe now, plus 390. I'm with you. They're looking really interesting. You okay. know, I, I have them projected for the highest division total in the NL East, and uh, I think they got better even though they lost Bryce yep. Harbor.
1: I'm with you. I like that
0: team a lot. Your MLB win totals, here's some of your highlights here Atlanta, under 86.5, Arizona, right. over 74.5, Chicago Cubs, under 89.5, mm-hmm. Chicago White Sox, under 74.5, Seattle over seventy one and a half, and as you just mentioned
3: The Two and O Seattle Mariners, That's I, right. I might add.
0: Tampa Bay over eighty four and a half.
3: Now I, I like I like
1: pretty much all of those, but I'm curious about the Diamondbacks one. Tell me why the Diamondbacks are over seventy four. I mean that team team traded away a lot of players. Um I feel like they're gonna move Greinke at some point. I mean, right? Doesn't that feel like Almost a foregone conclusion. I mean, why are they going over 74?
3: So the Diamondbacks were the best defensive team in baseball last year. They saved 153 defensive runs, which is equivalent to about 15 wins over the course of a season, which is a huge swing in your win total. Uh, Obviously, you know, traded Paul Goldschmidt, Patrick Corbin signed with the Nationals. But they did get Carson Kelly back. I think Carson Kelly is one of the top catching prospects in baseball. They got Luke Weaver back, who I think is due for a rebound in their rotation You know, like you said, they have Zach Greinke. They might trade him at some point. Uh, Definitely a concern. But I I tend to think that people overreact to the public perceptions of individual player moves. Like I said before, they have some minor league prospects who they can bring up and plug holes. They signed Eduardo Escobar to an extension. So I think there's still plenty of major league caliber players on that roster to play close to 500 like they did last season. And, you know, I don't necessarily think losing the name brand talent hurts their team as much as people might. So... Line moves down, I go over. That's, that's generally how I go with public perception.
0: I like that. It's like he's like an Obama. They go low, he goes high.
3: Don't make this political.
0: Sean Zarilla, the Obama of the Action Network. That, that,
3: is, that is quite the statement. I will try to live up to that.
0: Sean Zarilla, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for joining the Action Network. Thanks for all you're going to do for us and all you have done so far. Appreciate it, man.
3: Chad, thank you for having me. You want to thank Blackjack too? Blackjack mostly yelled at me, but yeah, thank you for uh, being here. I didn't here. yell at you, all right? <laughs> if you want me to yell at you, I can yell at you. I, I didn't think yell
0: Sean's at you. a good addition. I like Sean. He's got a dry sense of humor, Listen, man, and I a like great Sean.
1: delivery. I like Sean. I have no problem with Sean. You, on the other hand,. I have a major problem with it. He, he has a problem with you hiring me. I think that's the... No, well, of course not. <laughs> He's
0: got a problem with me hiring anybody that isn't Blackjack
1: Fletcher. Well, sure. I mean, listen, you don't need anyone else, but that's fine. Yeah, we might need someone to actually write stuff for the website. Um, the written word is dead. It's this 2019. has
0: been... You idiot. The favorites. Nobody reads. From the Action Network. You can download the podcast at Apple Podcasts. You can download it at... Radio.com slash the Action Network or wherever you get your podcast. Join us again later this week for another episode of The Favorites. Until next time, thank you.